Welcome to the Next Step Podcast. This is episode number 12, and I'm glad it's episode number 12 because that is the lucky number of our guest today, Nate Seedorf. Nate, great to see you. Thanks for coming to be with us today. Thank you for having me. And thanks for coming to, to be part of our church family, too. Remember the day that I saw you pull in the parking lot and I saw some Charlotte stuff on the back, and I said, UNCCC, and you were very careful to tell me, even though I'm a UNCC alumnus, yeah. got one of my degrees from there, back when it still says that on there, you said it's Charlotte yeah. now, right? So it's got to be cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's like people are like, oh, yeah, UNCC, and I'm like, biting my tongue, like, don't, yeah. don't, I'm like, don't be mean, don't be rude, <laughs> like, don't, don't do it. We're trying to drop the UNC out of our name. We don't want to be affiliated with that school up in Chapel Hill. Yeah, oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. So that's the meaning behind it. Pretty much, it's kind yeah. of like we're Charlotte. Yeah, we are Charlotte. And so today we got some good news for Charlotte alumni, right? What happened? Absolutely, we uh, won the Conference USA uh, baseball tournament. We're coming for you, Smokey. Awesome, playing Tennessee. Fantastic. Well, maybe yep. by the time this is settled, uh, Charlotte will have made it to the top. But if not, it's great just to have made it at this level, right? Oh yeah, I'm getting a T-shirt for sure. I like it. Adding to my collection of you know. Yeah. All so green. show us your shirt you got now. There's a Charlotte yep. shirt, sir. There's a Charlotte Nation hat. Yeah. Um, he, he's an all Charlotte guy. I mean, you're Absolutely. the most loyal alumnus that's got to be there. Oh yeah. Good deal. So tell us about Nate. So kind of tell where are you from and, um, how'd you grow up? And I, I know you've got a beautiful wife, Kaylee, right? Yep. And, um, hello. I will say hello to Kay- Kaylee. Good to see you out there. Thanks for loaning Nate to us this afternoon. Yep. And uh, kind of tell us your free, story. Got a lot of free time, so. Good deal. Uh, so yeah, um, I was born in Northwest Florida in okay. a little town called Cottondale. Uh, it's about an hour north of Panama City, about 30 minutes south of Alabama. So in that weird part of the Panhandle, I call it real Florida. It's not North Cuba. It's not Disney World. Yeah. It's like where you get all the rednecks and the gators and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, real Florida. Real Florida. Really deep in the Bible Belt. Like it's, there is, you can't drive in, in a town for more than five minutes without seeing a Baptist church. Gotcha. If it's not Baptist, it's uh, Assembly of God, um, Pentecostal, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's where I was born. Um, my dad was a Southern Baptist preacher. My mom was the minister of music. Uh, so, grew up so in church. So, we're both recovering preacher's kids. Yeah. It's an, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing <laughs> battle. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, every aspect of my life was in church. I went to the private Christian school in, in the local town. Um, you know, just always, like, involved in that. But then my dad took a job to be a full-time pastor in uh, Wake Forest, which is not the university, okay. <laughs> the actual town of Wake Forest where the college was founded. Right. Um, moved up there when I was about, I think, 11 or 12, um, and, you know, immediately got mom's ministry music again, uh, and everything was, again, was involved in church and stuff. Cool. Uh, That's a beautiful little town, by the way. Wait, Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a beautiful. It's place. changed a lot since I've been there last. Yeah, it's really kind of grown up a lot, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It it really has. It's, it's I had to put stuff in the GPS last time I was there. I'm like, yeah. I don't know where I am. That's cool. It's a yeah. cool place. I did some study abroad with them back in 2016. It's very yeah. meaningful. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, you're good. Um, you know, came up here. Uh, my first year here, I went to public school for the first time, and it was really cool. But my parents still wanted me in the Christian school to be taught with the Christian stuff and. So they put me in the private school um, in Henderson called Crossroads. Okay. Um, the school had only been around for like a year before, and they were still trying to figure everything out. Um, and was there for middle school. 
my parents, I got tired of it. I hated it. Um, you know, middle school in, in and of itself is hard. Yeah. But, you know, preacher's kid at a Christian school in middle school. Yeah. And, like, I'm not in good shape right now, but I was a pretty chunky kid back then, so mm. wasn't easy. Um, parents were like, okay, fine, we're going to put you in the local public school. Yeah. Uh, they wanted me to play sports and stuff, so I went to Wake Forest Roseville High School. Yeah. Last graduating class there, the school split. So, okay. Last one, class 13. Fantastic. Um, graduated from there, uh, went to, came to Charlotte, and um, been around here ever since. Graduated Fantastic. in 2017. So. Yep. Proud alumni, obviously. Awesome. So, tell some of the things that kind of work that you've done, um, like project management and. Yeah, so up until about a couple months ago, I was with the Fastenal company. Okay. Um, I was a lean solution specialist. Okay. Basically, all I can really say is like it was like playing high stakes Legos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I'd go in there and build stuff, organize things, get all this data and analyze it and try to say, hey, this is how we can save you money, but you're going to end up spending more money with us, but saving you money in the long run. Right. Trying to convince people of that. So, sure. Um, yeah, it was a. It was a fun job when I started, and yeah. this is a lot of traveling and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, you know, once me and Kaylee got married, it was like, I kind of want to spend more my time around here. Sure. So, Understandably. So tell us about some of your spiritual journey, kind of where you've gone on your spiritual journey. Because you, yeah. when you grow up a preacher's kid, you're kind of under this microscope all the time, right? And right. everybody's very care- careful to say, well, you're not supposed to do that because you're the preacher's kid, whether you're in school or whether you're in yeah. church or whatever. And so... As a result of that, a lot of times people like me, people like you sometimes go through rebellion. And so I certainly did. I was kind of a sneaky, yeah. mean kid, though. <laughs> you know, I wasn't very publicly mean. Oh, yeah, I wasn't a very good kid. Um, I, I take that back. I was a great kid until middle school. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I, I didn't really see myself as the preacher's kid. I was just another kid. Like, I'd always been around these people. They always knew me. Like, you know, it was just I didn't really think about it that way until I moved up here. Right. And – the big change from going from a small, like maybe hundred person church where that was part time, right? Um, in a a town that has less than two hundred people in it, you know, it was, it didn't really affect me that way. Like right. I didn't really notice being the different, the preacher's kid or whatever. Um, but I really noticed it when I moved to North Carolina, where mm-hmm. it was a, you know, I would say more relaxed Southern Baptist church, mm-hmm. but still, the the church itself had a history of mistreating its preacher and the preacher's family, the pastor's wow. family. Yeah, that's hard. And so immediately after like two or three months, but I was like, you know, they're, they're watching you. They're, they're watching. You got to be good. And that's when I started to notice it a lot more mm-hmm. of like, you know, Oh, like I'm under this microscope. I'm living in this fishbowl. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it really didn't start hitting me harder until, you know, actually in middle school right. where there were other preachers, kids there, but, because several of the teachers also went to my dad's church, whatever happened in school would, you know, translate back and like they'd just go straight to my dad. Yeah. So I was always under that microscope. Um, people, you know, didn't really, I don't want to say they didn't want to be my friend or anything, but they, yeah. it was very selective over like what they were going to do when we hung out. And sure. this is just middle school. You're just riding bikes and playing video games. It wasn't like anything bad, but. You know, they, they weren't going to bring Call of Duty over. They yeah. weren't going to bring, you know, this movie or that movie over. Yeah. And so, you know, it was like I didn't really feel like I uh, was – I'm trying to think of the right word. 
I just didn't really feel like I was accepted there. Right. You know, I was always kind of like, there's, the, here's the circle, and here, here, here I am. Um, we got to be different around Nate because he's special. Right. Like, right. it was just, you know, all these other kids got their free passes because they all went to school together since they were, yeah. you know, little. And then, you know, here comes this other kid who's now a preacher's kid who's, yeah. you know, who's here. And, you know. It, and it's it, hard to move in middle school. I mean. Right. And that, that age, because you've got so many friendships are established. To me, it's almost like, have you ever heard the story about the fish are swimming water and, and this one fish swims by the two baby fish and he says, how's the water? And they look at him and say, what's water? Because they're so immersed in it, right. they don't know. You were kind of like that in Florida. But once you came yeah. up here, it was very much different. Very different. Right. Um, but, you know, it wasn't all bad, though. Um, I, you know, was sixth grade. Uh, I That's when I actually made the official and like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a Christian. I'm gonna you know accept Jesus and all that stuff. And yeah. um, you know, I was excited because the whole school was like, you know, it was like one of those like mini revival things where the whole school was in it. And yeah, you know, a bunch of us were like, Yeah, like I'm gonna be a Christian, like I'm gonna follow Jesus and stuff. And so um, yeah, I, I did accept Christ when I was at that school. It wasn't all bad, but uh, immediately after, like within I don't know, probably three or four weeks everything just went back to the status quo. Okay. And I was like, I, I really can't stand this. Like, I, I don't like this. And then a couple of years went by, it was eighth grade, and it was just, eighth grade was the worst year. Yeah. It was just so much bullying, so much people picking on, like, you're friends one day, you're not friends the next day. And, like, it's middle school. It doesn't really matter. But as a middle schooler, it's very important. Sure. And um, – You want to be accepted. Yeah, and so we had just had – like a week long chapel thing where every every morning went to the chapel and um like basically the uh what's it the the whole school's rallying around and we're like, oh we're gonna be kind to everyone, we're gonna love everyone. Like everyone is, you know, God's children. We're gonna do great and everything. Yeah. And then three weeks later, again, back to the status quo. Sean is worn off of that, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? These people are horrible. Yeah. Like I, I can't say like if these are so this is like when I was in eighth grade is when I first time I ever said like if these people are what Christians are supposed to be like, then I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. If they're supposed, if this is what they're supposed to be like mimicking God and Jesus, then I don't want to, I don't, I don't believe in that. Right. And I called my friend uh, who you're going to get to meet on Sunday. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I don't believe in God. I, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. God's mm. not real. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the C.S. Lewis moment where it's like he was mad at God for not being real. Yeah. Like, a part of me always still kind of believed it. Right. To an extent. But, but you were mad time, at God right then. I was angry there at God. there was one. Yeah, I was angry at God because how can a God, a loving God, let all this stuff happen? Right. It, it just wasn't right. And so. So what's your friend's you know, name? Nathaniel. Nathaniel? Nathaniel, yeah. Nathaniel's coming up. So yeah. you're being baptized this Sunday. I'm getting ahead of the story too much, but let's oh, yeah. get back here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, but he is like, what happened? And I told him, he's just, I mean, he, sometimes faith isn't easy. And I'm like. Well, it should be. Hmm. And that was, that was my whole response. Well, it should be. Like, why do we have to go through all this crap? Why does it have to be yeah. so hard? Why do the Christians have to be the worst people ever met in my life? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, they took me out of Christian school, um, put me in public school, where no one knew I was a preacher's kid. I loved it. Yeah. Um, then, you know, a lot of the, uh, just no one cared if you were Christian or not. Like, most of the people were Christians, but they didn't care if you didn't believe in God or whatever. And everything was great, you know, but like I just went through high school just not believing. Um, 
but what really cemented me saying like this stuff isn't real god's not real and god doesn't care was uh when my dad got fired from the church when i was in 10th grade and that just it destroyed him mentally and emotionally and just breaks his broke apart our family it was probably one of the worst i would say the worst times of my whole family right because we weren't sure how we're gonna like pay rent we're Mm -hmm. sure not pay rent but pay the bills um i had just gotten a job you know, and immediately he's like, well, I'm going to need you to help out with the car son. I'm like, all right, fine. Like, you're in 10th grade. You just got your license. Your dad buys you a car, then he loses his job. And he's like, well, if you want to keep the car, you got to do this. Yeah, pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so. What kind of job um, were you doing? I was working at a golf shop. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. I got to manage the tee times. And then afterwards, I would go into the warehouse and just, like, sharpen all the blades. Cool. So, But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that really made me be, like, Christians and specifically churchianity people mm-hmm. were just the worst because they were like well the bylaws say this and you know he's broken the bylaws and he's hurt these people and he's said this and said that and i don't know how much of it was true or sure. not i don't care still to this day so your dad but you you know you basically you strung them up and left yeah. them out the dry yeah. with no consideration of everybody else right and so um you know I, that was in 10th grade 11th grade you know still kind of went on my little wild streak streak because you know i'm not the preacher son anymore i'm not a preacher mm-hmm. son anymore it was great um, really started dabbling in some other things as well. Um, but, um, you know, just didn't really care. Right. And so I was going to, like, going to apply to college. You know, I was still considered Florida my home. It's where I spent all my spring breaks, my Christmases, my, um, my summers down in Florida. Yep. And I was like, you know, I'm going back to Florida. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to Florida. Mm. This is the good part. This is the yep. good part of the story, by the way. Um, so you're senior, you graduate, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, my senior year, even when I was a, a junior in, junior, in college okay. or high school, I was like, you know, I'm only going to be here for one more year. I'm not going to get too attached to anybody. I'm only going to be here for one more year. Yeah. And um, So you go start doing your research. and Yeah, I started doing all my research and everything. Well, senior year rolls around, um, get my like, SAT scores back, um, start applying for colleges and stuff. And uh, I applied for a few in North Carolina, but I applied for – a bunch in, in, in like, the real south part. Yeah. Um, like, Alabama. I would have yep. never gone to school in Alabama. <laughs> but, you know, if my mom went to school in uh, Monticello. Yeah. So, uh, she was like, you know, you, you should apply there, your legacy. So, I was apply there, apply to Troy, Georgia, Georgia Southern, Florida State. And then a bunch of community colleges because I knew it was going to be expensive being out of state. Right. I'm like, I can so, Monticello, commu- clarify, where is that a college? or It's, is in, that? Al- it's in Alabama. Okay. It's yeah. I don't know if college? they call it. I think so. Okay. But I knew that if I were going to go down to Florida, I would have to be there at resident for a year. Yeah. And I would have to, you know, at least I can start my college career, you know, get a few credits, um, be there for a year, and then transfer into Florida State. Because that was always my dream school. Florida State. Always my dream school. That was – I was garnet and gold through and through. Yeah. You know, I watched every game. I cried when Bobby Bowden retired. Like, yeah. I was dedicated. He's a great man. And, um, you know, so – I'm starting to get all these packages and stuff in saying like, oh, you got accepted to Tallahassee community. You got accepted to Chipola community. You got accepted to Gulf Coast State. And like, you know, I'm still waiting for Florida State to come in. I'm like, all right, come on, come on. Like, I'm going to make it work. If I get in, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Well, I called the admissions office because I had to pay the application fee and I couldn't figure it out. So I called the admissions office and I was like, hey, this is my number of a law. Okay, pulled it up. And the lady goes, huh. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, 
so you want to pay the application fee? And I'm like, yeah, I want to pay the application fee. I, I want to yeah. go to Florida State and I have to apply and get in. Right. And I, to finish applying, I have to pay this application fee. She goes, um, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yes, I want to pay, like, take my $50. Like, yeah. I, this is my dream school. I want to go. She goes, I'll be honest with you. I've seen, like, out-of-state kids with better transcripts than yours, and they did, still didn't get in. Oh, I was wow. like, I was like, so you're basically telling me I'm not getting in. Wow. She goes, no. So unethical, too. Good well, night. Well, I mean, she saved me 50 bucks. Like, that was nice, but, like, I still, like, I resent them for that. I'm like, sure. you could have just let, you could just take my money and let me, like, knock it in the yeah. normal way. Yeah. But you told me over the phone I wasn't getting in. Wow. And so then I was like, okay, well, I got into all these other schools and started opening it up, and I started looking at the financial aid packets. And because I was out of state, I did not qualify for most of the financial aid packages in for Florida schools, for Florida okay. community colleges. And even then, it was like I, I couldn't – I wasn't going to get any loans. I wasn't going to get any grants. And I would have to pay out-of-state tuition per credit hour, and it was going to be just too much. Mm-hmm. And I just was, like, shook. I was angry. I was upset. And mom was like, you know, you sit like this whole time. I was like, you, know, you need to pray about it. Pray about where you want to go. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm praying about it. Yeah, sure. Like, okay, like, you know, I'll, I'll go wherever God wants me to go. But, but God wants me to go to Florida State. Like, yeah. he, that's where God wants me to go. He wants me in Florida. So did you kind of feel like you'd really kind of made a migration back to God to some degree or just well, a little bit? Or were you just kind of saying, I'm going to pretend well, I'll, I'm going to go along with the program because mom wants I was me just, to. I was just, you know, humoring my mom like yeah yeah, yeah mom I'm praying. I'm praying I'm praying I'm praying God you know I'm praying mom like yeah I know like but you know I'll go wherever God wants me to go but it's Florida State is where he wants me to go like why would he make right. me such a dedicated fan if I wasn't going to go to Florida State yep well um so finally like for the first time probably in in years I actually was angry again and I was like you know I want you to show me make it so obvious where you want me to go that I can't deny it. Wow. Like it, na- like it has to be so plain, so clear yeah. that a blind man can see it. Like it, I, I don't mean like, you know, you probably, you know, this is your best offer. No, like it has to be so obvious where you want me to go that I can't deny it. Right. And, you know, in the background, I'm thinking like, there's no way that like God doesn't do this stuff. Like, you know, it, in the Bible, it's always like, oh, he turned over the sheepskin and it had the yeah. dust on it or whatever. Like, you know, like, yeah, like that, something like that is what I was looking for. Yeah. That hasn't happened in thousands of years, right? Yeah. Well, I just just to check it out, I opened up my financial aid package for Charlotte. Hundred percent, no money out of pocket. Wow. And, yeah, that's big. Yeah, and and I broke down because I like I did not want to go to Charlotte. I was like, I don't want to go there. This wow. is not where I'm supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm crying and like I'm upset. Uh, ended up crying myself to sleep that night. Overslept, and I ran like the next morning. Still had to go to school. Ran in my closet, grabbed a shirt, jumped in the car, drove to school, and the first thing one of my friends says, he's, hey, I didn't know you were going to Charlotte because I accepted it last night. And I was like, yeah, uh, how do you know? She goes, you're wearing the shirt. Oh, really? And I was like. You grabbed the shirt that they sent you because you're the one, Yeah, the one Charlotte shirt that I had that was in my closet somewhere on the floor happened to be the same shirt that I grabbed. Wow. The day after I said that, <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. Well played, God. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of what got me to believing in, you know, that there is a God again. Um, you know, and then um, I'm the kind of person that likes facts. Yep. I like being able to, if there's no evidence of something, mm-hmm. just the absence of evidence does not mean the absence of reality. Like, it's just right. there needs to be something that I can, I can see. Like, there, there has to be proof. Right. 
and I was history student, and I my focus was your major, in, right? Right, I was my major, minor in film, um, but right. you know, major in in history, and I always loved the you know, Greco-Roman history. Mm, okay, and a big portion of it was the late Republic, early Empire, um, and when I was reading through that stuff, a lot of the things were matching up, mm. like oh this happened and the Bible says this also happened. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, this happened here. Like this happened there. Like, so starting to kind of piece, I was like, okay, well the Bible's probably not, you know, a hundred percent wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, okay. So you begin to believe it more because, because it was verified by the evidence right. of history. I mean, like I can say whatever I want to, but if I don't have anything to back it up with, you know, who's going to believe it? Well, now there's so much proof that a lot of the stuff that happened in the Bible actually happened. Yep. And so that kind of got me thinking, like, okay, you know, this is probably the right one. Um, you know, this, this, is, this is real. And, um, mm. you know, being that I studied uh, you know, the ancient Romans and stuff, one of the big things is Catholicism, you know, the Roman Catholic Church. Right. And a lot of what I was reading kind of made me want to, um, kind of made me want to, you know, learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I eventually I signed up for RCIA, which is you know, confirmation to be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. It's about a, a year-long class, uh, one night a week. It's not hard, but whenever I was sitting there listening to the, the, the priest talk, it's like, wow, this actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're explaining things in ways that you know, are easy to understand, but if you want to dig deeper, you can. Right. And one of my big things about growing up in you know, the, the Bible Belt and especially going to the really fundamental Christian school was mm-hmm. if you think anything outside of, you know, what's written in the old King James, right. You're wrong and you're evil and you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, you know, but they were telling me, it's like, you know, as long as you agree on the big things, you can debate the little things. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like, it was like the third or fourth week we were there. They're like, you know, a lot of people think the earth is 6,000 years old. Mm-hmm. The priest, he said, I think it's millions of years old. Um, and I was like, so do I. Mm-hmm. He goes, what's to say that evolution wasn't, we were actually looking at how God made everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's what I've you know, been struggling with because a lot of people will say that's wrong. And at the end of the day, does it matter? No, it, it really doesn't. Because God created it. Because either created. way, God created it. Right. And so um, went through all those classes, got confirmed. Um, I, would never, I wasn't like super devout in it. Like I wasn't going to mass every single week. Um, you know, I wasn't going to confession every single week. But I was still part of the church and everything, and I was dating, now my wife, I was dating Kaylee at the yeah. time, and you know, we started getting more serious about uh, you know, eventually getting married, and I was like, you know, I think you should go to the confirmation class. She goes, absolutely not. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, why not? She goes, not doing it. I was like, but, but why not? She goes, I don't want to sit there and take a class to learn about this stuff. I can just go ask a preacher, and I'm like, that's fair. So I, yeah. I talked to my past, the priest about it, and I was like, I'm probably going to end up marrying her. Is that an issue? He goes, nope. As long as you believe in the, the big things and you can agree on that, mm-hmm. then, you know, you can debate the little things. So, you know, we, we ended up getting married. We moved out here first. We ended up getting married. And um, the week that we got back from our honeymoon, she was like, we're going to church. Okay. And, and we had tried a couple churches in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told her no Baptist church. Absolutely not. I will not go. Right. She goes, well, I'm not going to Catholic church. And I was like, okay, let's find something non-denominational. Yeah. We tried a couple churches out. Um, 
and we came with a three strike policy where it's like, yeah. you know, we're going to go for three Sundays in a row. Okay. And after three Sundays, if we don't like it, we're not going back. So we were like 22, 23 when all this happened? Old uh, no, this was, this was 2020. Okay. 2021. I mean, okay. Yeah. And, um, but then we, the Sunday after we got, uh, back from my honeymoon, she goes, we're going to church. Yeah. I was like, okay, where do you want to go? Okay. And she goes, well, my little sister goes to the point church up there on, okay. you know, next to the Firestone. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll try it out. And it was Palm Sunday. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really know. She goes, I enjoyed it. Cause you know, Palm Sunday is where we have all the kids come up on stage. Right. And I was like, she goes, I, I enjoy it. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know? Right. Well, you did maybe even not me. Yeah. And, um, then the next Sunday was Easter when we met you. Right. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, you know, it's different. We're outside, you know, still not 100% convinced. Uh, and then we came back third Sunday, and, um, you know, I'm take or leave with the music. I'm, you know, I don't care what, if it's hymns or whatever, I'm not there for the music. Right. Um, but the Sunday after Easter when you preached, uh, I was like, this guy's really smart. Like he, mm. he knows how to dumb things down for lack of a better term, dumb things down for, yeah. the, for the average person, but he's still able to, to speak, you know, with the intellectual authority. Awesome. And so thank you for the compliment. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, that's a sign of a good preacher. I mean, or a good pastor is being able, to, I guess preaching and pastoring are two different things. Sign of a good, a good speaker. Part of the same thing. Yeah. It's being a good speaker is being able to, um, communicate effectively. Right. And you really did that. And I was like, okay, I'd, I'd like to keep going back there. So we kept coming back every now and then. Um, and then uh, you had the weird summer series. Yeah. And you did weird politics. Right. And you just mentioned something about like um, changing the political landscape of Gaston County. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to talk to him. Yeah. So I pestered you for a couple of weeks, and then we finally had lunch at Sammy's. Yep. And I was ready to talk about, like, you know, the, the politics, you know, talk about my political party and right. kind of see where you line up and everything. And we spent two hours there, only talked 10 minutes about politics. The right. other two hours was you just trying to get to know me as a person. Yeah. And I left that lunch. I texted Kaylee, and I was like, we're going back to this church. This awesome. is where we need to go. Cool. This is where we need to be. So. Well, been there ever you're since. an engaging guest, man. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed oh, yeah. getting to know you. I was a good, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, but you know, it's interesting that you wandered through that because for you, the exploration of Catholicism was kind of like, I've discovered God's real, but I don't like the way I experienced it when I was growing up. I want it to be something different. And right. so, therefore, that was part of the attractional part of God drawing you back to him in that yeah. step. And um, great, great story. I mean, just yeah. I'm just grateful we got to be a part of it. Oh, and, yeah. man, you've... Well, it's still going. Yeah. A lot of blank chapters left to write, so... Fantastic. So you just recently made the decision to go public with your faith now, that yeah. you feel like you're really anchored in your faith and you want to demonstrate it through baptism. Yeah. Was there a, a tripwire or a tipping point that made you go... I need to do this. This is important for me, not because somebody's yeah. telling me to do it, but it's important for me. Well, so, um, it, it, y'all really emphasize baptisms a lot, you know, making it, saying it's a public expression. You know, when I was a kid, like, a, when I was a kid, I got baptized when I was like six, mm-hmm. but I barely, six or seven, I barely remember it. Right. And I really don't think that as a, as a kid, I really understood what it meant. Right. Um, 
And there's a danger in yeah. that. And we try to take yeah. time not to do that with our kids too quickly. And, and that's and that's a good thing because, yeah. I mean, it's, it is it is a big deal, I think. Right. You know, in, in Catholicism, baptism, you, you're christened as a, as a child. Right. And if you're brought into the church as an adult, then you know, they baptize you okay. like that. Uh, but at the same time, you don't get rebaptized. If you're baptized once in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, then you're you're good. You're set. It counts. Okay. Because that was one of the questions I asked when I was going through confirmation was, mm-hmm. do I need to be rebaptized even though this is what happened? He goes, no, no, you're good. As long as it was done in this way, do you have a baptism certificate? And I was like, no. He goes, well, can you get at least two witnesses to write a letter? So I called some people, and they're like, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. write something for you. So that's, you know, I was like, okay, I well, don't need to get sprinkled. I need to get my hair wet. Um, I had a lot shorter hair back then. <laughs> uh but, you know, it was, I was like, okay, whatever. But then coming into this church, it was like, you know, the way y'all emphasized it was very different to me. Um, growing up, it was always, you know, you get saved, you get dunked, and you're good. Right. But this is more of a, you are professing something. Like, you are actually right. making this statement. Yeah. And it, that was never really explained to me as a kid. And then, of course, in Catholicism, it's a, it's a sacrament, which is, it's a requirement. Right. But... The way y'all talk about it, it's completely voluntary, right? And it's because you are ready to take that next steps. Hey, podcast, right? That's uh, exactly. Take right. the next steps, um, and so it would have kind of been in the back of my mind for a while, mm-hmm. but I really wasn't, you know, set on it. Uh, and then here I go again, making a deal with God. Yeah, I was like, I, I got fired. Full disclosure, and I was like, you know, um, I'll get baptized if I get a job. Okay. And I was kind of getting excited because I had a couple interviews that yeah. went really well. And I'm like, yeah, like I, I'm good. I'm going to get, I'm going to get its job. Um, it, 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 I'm a lock and you know, I'm going to get this job. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get baptized. Yeah. Well, then they turned me down for the job. Okay. And that excitement and feeling that I had about getting baptized mm-hmm. didn't go away. Right. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Now I'm doing this for I'm, the right reasons. Yeah. Cause that's, cause I was thinking, I'm like, Am I doing this for the right reasons? Because I was talking to Nathaniel about it, and I was like, I, I feel like if I am only doing this because I got the job, it's like I'm doing this as a thank you yeah. as opposed to the the big thank you, right? you know? And that's kind of what made me be like, you know, I, I know I'm doing it for the right reasons now. Right. That's cool. So, yeah. so tell us why Nathaniel is so pivotal in your journey. It's because you, oh, you yeah. really wanted, you've taken the time to make sure he could come up and see and witness yeah. this too. So he was that confidant, or tell us what tell us about Nathaniel. How important so he is to you? We were roughly the same age. I think he might be a year older than me. I'm not sure, but okay. he was homeschooled, and he lived like two doors down from me in Cottondale. Small, okay. small, small town, yeah. two hundred people, and two kids around the two boys around the same age, yeah, living right next to each other. Like you're going to become friends, sure. And um, when I was in, I don't remember, I was like eight or nine. We decided to be prayer buddies. Okay, and um. And then of course I moved and I was, and my parents were thinking like, okay, he's probably not going to lose touch with him and everything. But no, like we and him kept in touch Wow, all the time. Like we would call each other, we'd email each other cause we just both got emails, huh. so we'd email each other. And then we like, you know, write letters and stuff. And so we really kept in touch. I'd spend a week at his house every time I went down to Florida. Um, awesome. so great guy. Uh, and he was the person that I called when yeah. I was like, I don't believe in God anymore. And he didn't try to like convince me otherwise. He just said, Sometimes it's hard, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's walked but, through that journey with you. Yeah, so did he go to Charlotte too, or did he go to school no, down he's, there? He uh, actually didn't go to school. He okay. just got his uh, tech stuff. Now yep. he's the manager of a uh, IT in a hospital. Fantastic. So he went the smart way. Good job, Nathaniel. Yeah, yeah he didn't. 
he didn't waste money on, you know, going to school and partying for four years. He's like, I'm just going to go to work. Right. Um, so, but what really made me realize like how, not that everybody does, but a lot of people do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be honest. I did. Yeah. I was four or four years, four and a half years. It was like, all right, cool. I uh, majored in tailgating and I minored in partying. So, uh, with a little bit of education mixed in there. Yep. That was my experience. But, you know, it was, um, I was down there one time and I was, it was in high school and he would always, you know, have to go to work in the mornings mm-hmm. and just leave me there at his house, but he would never give me passwords to his computer. Still yeah. angry about that, by the way, just <laughs> give me the passwords. Like it wasn't that difficult. I'm not going to do anything. Uh, but he would never give me the password. Yeah. And I was like, what, what do you do when you're 16, 17 years old, you're at your friend's house and you don't have access to anything. Right. Like, you get through his stuff. Yeah. Like, let's be real. You're just going to start going through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a straight edge guy. Like, I don't think he's, I'm trying to find dirt on him or whatever. Right. I was somewhat trying to find dirt because I'm like, I'm going to blackmail him. Yeah. <laughs> like my best friend. Get the password. Yeah. But um, I was going through some of his notebooks and these things were, were thick. Mm-hmm. And it was just, a, it was his list. Had people's names, had events, whatever. It's list. Mm-hmm. And at the top of every list was my name. Wow. And I was At like the top of every list was your every name. single every single page top of the list was my name. And wow. I would keep flipping through it and I started to realize like, oh, this is a prayer journal. Wow. Because I and there's just like, you know, so and so's heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh so and so's sick. Um, you know, this event coming up, like my name was at the top of it every single day. Wow. And I this when I realized it was this prayer list. Yeah. And so I don't know how far back he'd been keeping those. Yeah. But for the fact that something this thick had my name on every single page yeah. and realized like, this guy has prayed for me every single day. Like that was one of the first things he would pray for. Wow. And so. How cool um, is that? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, he was the best man at my wedding. I was the best man at his wedding cause we made a deal when we were like 12. Okay. We're be each other's best men. <laughs> and, um, he never knew that I had done that. Okay. He never knew that I had gone through all this stuff mm-hmm. until the best man speech. Uh, when I was like, you know, everyone's making a big, you know, everyone's making a big deal about how good of a deal that Nathaniel's getting, you know, oh, he, he's definitely marrying up and he did, you know, he, she's more normal than he is. Okay. Uh, but she, she's a great wife. I love Kristen. She's awesome. Awesome. But, um, you know, I was like, you know, one thing that I don't think anyone's talking about is how good of a deal that Kristen's getting. And I told that story that I, he prayed for me every single day right. that I, when I was probably at my worst, like doing all this other stuff I shouldn't have been doing that I was telling him how horrible Christianity is and how horrible God is and trying to convince him to, to turn his back on his faith that he's had forever. No, that he still prayed for me every single day. He never gave up yeah. on me. And so if that's what he's going to do for his friend, imagine what he's going to do for his wife. Yeah. And um, wow, that's a great way yeah. to put it. So, yes. So cool. So this Sunday, you're getting baptized as we record. This is the first Sunday in June coming up, and Nathaniel's going to be here. I think it would be cool if he'd come up there with you while we're doing the baptism or if he'd be willing to be recognized. But we'll, we'll leave that up to you and him. I'll let y'all work it out. All right. Well, I, don't, I don't care. Or arm wrestle about it or yeah. something like that. So. so not only have you come and attended our church, you've taken lots of steps. Tell us some of the things that you've done to help you grow closer to Christ as you've been part of our church family. 
Um, honestly, I was really apprehensive about doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in the church, it's like you're forced to do it. Yeah. It was a weird experience. To be able to choose to, it. To volunteer to do stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the first group that we did was Financial Peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, whatever. I knew I was bad with money. I knew I was in debt. Uh, and Kay was like, no, we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to learn about this. We'd watch all the videos and stuff yeah. about people talking about it. Yeah. That was my first introduction to group life. Cool. Um, and it was with Dave Ramsey, and, um, you know, I didn't like the, the hardcore-ness of it. And, um, you know, I, I stuck, you know, I went to the group and everything and you know, met a few people, kind of liked it. Kaylee got way more involved in it than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Joe Sangle came in, so I signed up for the next group. Right, the now uh, was broke. I, I was broke, I was now broke but now I'm not, right. Yeah. Same and, kind of uh, subject matter, but I like presented to, it differently. I liked it a little bit more. He said you can still live your life. Dave yeah. Ramsey, it's like you go stare at the blank wall until you're out of debt or die. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. Um, Interesting so I, contrast. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd, I liked it a lot more. got a little more involved. And then um, I signed up for my first non-financial group uh, as well, and it was just me, Gage, and Zach Suther. Right. Uh, real small group. Um, I would always joke like you're cutting my NASCAR time, <laughs> but I really got to know Zach and Gage pretty well. Um, and then, uh, was that yeah. during, it was post COVID? It was post COVID. Yeah. It was 221, 22. Yeah, yeah. This was 22. Okay. Cause we had only, it was the first spring semester that we were there. Yeah. Okay. And, um, then I saw that y'all had built that stage mm-hmm. in the back where you put the cameras. Yep. And Jonathan had said something about, you know, we need, we need people to come run the cameras and stuff. And I was like, that's something I can do. Yeah. Because Kaylee was already kind of getting involved in Collision. Um, she was already in a couple other groups. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah. I don't want to have to greet people. I don't want to have to smile and wave and shake hands and stuff. But I can run a camera. Yeah. I can, you know, do this other stuff. So volunteered for that. And, um, you know, I, I love it. It's, that's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And you're good at doing it. You've been, done both the still cameras and also – the camera that is mobile and on your shoulder and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that thing's surprisingly heavy. Yeah, is like, it? Like, I don't know what Brent's, like, stacking in there, but it is it is heavy. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll walk around because the hunter will walk around with the camera, like, on his side. Yeah. And then I'm like it. I like it on my shoulder. Yeah. But I'll keep switching around. And so after every service, I'm like, God, I'm sweaty. Yeah. Arms hurt. Yeah. I hope I got some good shots. Well, and just thank you for doing that because we live in what I would call, and other people have called it, I've adopted the term, a fidgetal age. Yeah. Meaning there are people that are going to be physical and present as always, quote unquote, but also they're going to be people digitally with you because right. of, of whatever reasons, whether it at first was because of fear of COVID, now because of, of vacations and stuff people take. The great thing is, is that there's always an opportunity to be sinking in with your church body, whether you're physically present or digitally present. Yeah. And that's debatable. Some people are like, it's not this way unless it's this, or it's not this way unless it's that. I mean, but we just believe it's important to reach out to both environments, right? Well, either way, if you're in person, you know, you're going to have that more community feel. Right. But if you're not able to be there physically, you know, you're still hearing the message. You're still getting to listen to the music. You're still getting all the same stuff. Right. Just without the hand-to-hand contact right and there's nothing wrong with either one i mean i think personally uh it, it's important to actually be involved in a community right but that's something that really impressed me about mm-hmm. the point was how much we at first i thought we were like really catering to the online crowd 
I was like, we're, we're, we do, I was like, I think we do too much for it. I was like, yeah. I, this is kind of whatever, but it's something I can do would help out until Jonathan showed me the numbers, yeah. showed everyone the numbers. And I was like, wow, yeah, we actually are doing a lot more than just broadcasting on Facebook or YouTube. Like these are significant numbers. Absolutely. And, um, somewhere really, from the third to 40% of our audience every Sunday yeah. is online. And sometimes it's even more than that. That's right. But what really impressed me, and I tried to convince Nathaniel about, was he's like, "Yeah, it's, you know, we just do to, we do like a live stream just to do a live stream." I was like, well, "We actually engage with ours. We make sure that the audience outside of the four walls feels just as welcome as the audience inside." Right. And the fact that we have digital groups where yep. people can can join groups and uh, not have to be physically there. Yeah. You know that was. That was something that really impressed me. It's like if we're gonna if we're going to cater to the online crowd as much as we're catering to the in-house crowd, right? Then we need to make them feel welcome and involved, and and we've done a great job of that. I think. Awesome. Well, I'm grateful that you've been a part of that, an integral part of that. So you jump back in. The thing that I keep hearing for you is you get to now instead of you got to. Yeah. And so you're able to take those kind of steps. That's yeah. awesome. Well, tell us about Kaylee. How'd you fall in love with Kaylee? How, where all that come about? So I was in a fraternity in college, okay. and one of the things that which one Kappa Sigma Kappa Sigma we're okay. not on campus anymore, okay. Uh, unfortunately, okay. We're coming back though eventually in five years. I don't know the details of it, okay. Um, one of the things that a lot of us were trying to do was um, get T-shirts from every sorority's formal event, okay. And so we would all like sign up to go to their formals, which is basically it's like a it's like prom but for college students, right? Not really prom. It's just, a big party where they serve food. Right. Um, and so I was like, I need to get a shirt from Sigma Kappa. Like, right. You know, and so she was in Sigma Kappa. That was yeah. hers. You're um, Kappa Sigma. Yeah. She's in Sigma Kappa. Yeah. That kind of seems yeah. like you fit together immediately. Well, so we used to, we used to in Greek village, uh, we used to go, they would all have their, their big letters outside. Yep. We would go and switch them around. So the front of their house would say Kappa Sigma. Okay. Sigma Kappa. That was always funny. Like, why are you doing this? Well, I, I leave it alone. We're like, Nope, switch it. Right. Um, but I needed I needed a t-shirt from Sigma Kappa. And I had made plans to go to this different girl. And that girl was psycho. She was crazy. Like, I, when I say, like, she was crazy, like, she, I went on a cruise for spring break. And yeah. she was like, how dare you leave me here? And I was like, we're not dating. I'm literally just in this for the t-shirt. Yeah. So I texted my mutual friend. And I was like, hey, I need to find a, a different date for your formal. She goes, oh, I have right. someone. Okay. And so then, um. Instead yeah. of the Dateline stalker. Yeah, instead of the stalker. <laughs> uh, so she set us up. I texted her a little bit. And um, I asked her, I was like, hey, do you want to get together before you know, formal so we can kind of you know, know each other first? And she goes, yeah, sure, we can we can do that. I was like, what do we do? She goes, oh, we can get dinner somewhere. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll go to you know the dining hall, Soviet's South Village Dining Hall. So she goes, um, I don't know, I'd rather not go on campus. And I was like, all right, well, let's just go to Jersey Mike's. And she goes, um, I don't know. How about we go to Chili's instead? Okay. She basically told me, she goes, if you want to go out to dinner, then you're going to take me to Chili's. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> God, like, I'm just doing this for the t-shirt. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I saw her walk into my car and I was like, wow, she is gorgeous. And then I heard her talk with her Gaston County accent. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow. So for me, it was love at first sight. It took a lot of like me mm-hmm. trying to convince her otherwise. Like, yeah. she's like, yeah, hey, you need to love me back too. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of, Cool. Started dating a little bit off and on um, for a little while until eventually I was like, 
we both kind of agree, like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this for real. We're not right. going to go back and forth. Like, if we're going to date, we need to we need to date. Right. Exclusively. Right. Right. And so we did, and we've been together ever since. It hasn't been easy, honestly. Right. Um, a lot of ups and downs. Sure. Um, you know, marriage was, you know, it, we, we were already living together before, uh, but, you know, taking that next step and actually a legal document saying yeah. that we're together forever was yep. a different um, but how long have you been married? Two years. Two years. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so we've you know, had our ups and downs, but you know, ever since I, when I lost my job, she was like, we're going to make it, we're going to make it work. So she's right. definitely been, um, the bigger person in many times. She's all definitely been the, the one that held us together. Right. Um, and just encouraging you when you're down. Exactly. And that's certainly a great part of a relationship, right? When right. Somebody's there to do that. And she's the one that made us maybe come to church she's like you need to sign up for groups and and you need to volunteer for something like i wouldn't have ever come to the Mm -hmm. point if she hadn't told me to we're going to church um i wouldn't have gotten involved if she hadn't told me i need to get involved right um and then just you know having our our church friends who i hate to say the phrase church friends but like you know having our friends who we met in church uh really has made us i would say stronger as a couple too yeah, uh, you know, I hear a lot of these people say things like, "Oh, yeah, the church definitely saved our marriage." It's like, I think it did. Like, I think we would have failed if it hadn't mm-hmm. been for us getting involved in a in, the, in a church community that supported us as just as much as we supported them back. Right. So. Cool, and that's exactly what church is supposed to be about. It's about yeah. building one another up and sharpening one another. And uh, I, I love Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." Right. Right. So there's a chance to do that. So, man, you've got lots of great things. And so here's the deal. What I heard out there, too, is that you, with your great project management skills, might be available to somebody that might be watching. Is that true? Um, I am. St- I'm starting my next step in a career. Okay. Uh, I don't want to really talk about it because I don't know what it understand. really is yet. I understand. Um, but I do start Monday. Okay. So uh, you got an, another job. Yeah. So I, got, awesome. I got a job lined up. Um, it looks promising. Good. Uh, but, you know, I'm always on the market. So Yeah, that's right. Highest um, bidder. He comes to the highest bidder who's yeah. out there, right? Yeah. I love it. Um, All right. Well, so, Nate, let's, let me throw you. We, this is kind of a hot seat time. Let me give you some hot seat questions. Since right. you kind of gave us the context of Florida and Alabama and all that kind of stuff. So, we know you like Florida State, right? Used to. Okay. So, you, you used to like Florida State. At least you talked to the lady in the admissions office. Yeah. Who probably needed to be fired for giving yeah. you an unethical judgment. Uh, or maybe she did you a favor. Who knows, right? Yeah, she saved me 50 bucks, yeah. and I wound up in Charlotte. So. And you wouldn't have met Kayla either, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you to that lady who happens yeah. to be out there for those things. All right, so then I want to say is University of Miami or University of Florida? Um, hard neither. Okay. Charlotte's <laughs> actually Charlotte's playing Florida in football next year, and I've okay. never liked the Gators. My brother went to UF. Okay. And so we and him were going to go down to that game together, and I've just been trash-talking him. For like the entire year since the game was announced, I was like, "Hey, I heard uh, Gator meat goes well with ranch. Is that okay. true? I want to yeah. find out." Um, so, so you're yeah. definitely a loyal fan. Definitely. I'll go to a different way then. USC or Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Okay, there we go. Notre Good Dame. deal. So yeah. I want to make sure to get that. Uh, night or day? You night guy or day guy? Um, as I'm getting older, more of a day guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're sleeping more than I used to. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I, I used her, to I used to drive twelve hours straight to the night. Like I would leave at six, drive yeah. to Florida twelve hours, get there at six. It's like oh, I have the whole day ahead of me. Now it's like I'm going to leave at seven a.m. and I will get there when I get there, and I'm going to go right to bed. Yeah, 
I get it completely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Harry Potter or Hunger Games? Come on. <laughs> you should know this. I should, but I'm just Harry asking. Potter all the way, man. Okay. That's why I dress as a wizard for uh for Halloween. Oh, that's cool. All right. Oh, see. Yeah. Fun story about Harry Potter though. Yeah, um, tell us about so that. So my deep deep south Bible belt. Yeah. Harry Potter was always off limits, always banned. My mom believed all the stuff about it. If your child reads Harry Potter, yeah. it's like opening up a gateway straight to hell. Yeah. And they're gonna learn witchcraft and stuff. My mom 100% bought into it. Yeah. With the North Carolina thing is a little bit more relaxed. A lot of people in the church were like, it's just a book about kids. I mean, how can you say, you know, Harry Potter's bad when in Lord of the Rings there's a little necromancy? Like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I still don't want him reading that. I was like, mom, please, like, everyone else is reading this. I want to read the books. I was mm -hmm. 11 years old, by the way, which is how old Harry is in the first mm -hmm. book. Um, I was like, please let me read it. And she goes, okay, well, if you read the Left Behind series for kids, okay. I'll let you read Harry Potter. So I blazed through them uh -huh. just so I could read the first Harry Potter. And I loved it. Cool. I was hooked. Yeah. Read through all the books. Left the Behind or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, loved it so much, though. The last movie came out when I was 17, which is how old Harry is in that, in that book. Okay. Um, and uh, for our honeymoon, I was like, Kaylee gets the wedding, but I get the honeymoon. So for our honeymoon, we went to Universal Harry Potter World. Cool. Yeah. How cool is that? Did she enjoy it, too? Oh, yeah, she did. I made her read the books before we went. Okay, so she so. was enveloped in it she understood yeah. the context she understood it a lot more and um our cake actually at our wedding uh one of the big things for i'm kind of geeking out uh i know everything about harry potter everybody's one, everybody's got their one, thing one of the things about harry potter is the term always uh it's a it's a love thing yeah and so on our wedding cake we had the always on top of it like the bride and the groom I had a little always there that's cool really cool okay so hardy's or chick-fil-a chick-fil-a so chicken over beef? Not always? Um it depends. Okay. What kind of beef are we talking now? All right. So hamburgers like, or steaks? Um, that's a tough one. Like it depends on who's cooking the steak. You know, if you, okay, if you, if you right. have someone that knows how to cook a good steak, you're gonna get the steak. But you know, hamburgers are that's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. That's let's go make make it easier. Handles ice cream or Tony's ice cream? Um I'm, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this. I've never been to Tony's. Oh, really? Never okay. Been. Yeah. All right. So I've when been to you go, a couple times, but when you go, there's some good stuff there. A lot of people like the milkshakes and those kind of things. My favorite is Almond Joy ice cream. But anyway, you go where, where you want to go. Yeah. Your heart is okay. So, um, California or New York? Um, can I say hard pass on both? <laughs> you definitely can because you usually do. You've got this dichotomy, right? Oh, it's going to be well, this way or that way. Well, I mean, not that. I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to go to California. Like, there's mm, a lot of stuff there, and then New York's just too many people. Like, I don't, don't want to go to a place where there's ten million people trying to ride the subway at once. Right. Good deal. Okay. Um, Washington D.C. or Raleigh, North Carolina. Um. That's a tough one. I love North Carolina a lot. But I grew up around Raleigh, so it's kind of lost its charm. But, I mean, D.C. has a lot of cool stuff to look at. Yeah. So, But D.C. doesn't have an acorn that drops okay. at New Year's. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a point for Raleigh. The acorn is something but, really big to make it different. But D.C. also has, like, the uh, the flight museums and stuff. You okay. can get to go look at shuttles. Yep. So, like, uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say, uh, I'll say Raleigh just because uh, – Okay, you want to be a lawyer in North Carolina. Carolina pride. I yeah. love it. Good deal. Water skiing or snow skiing? So, 
this is really weird. Being from Florida, you'd think that I would know how to water ski and wakeboard and stuff. Yeah. Can't do it. Okay. But being from Florida, I've never seen snow until I moved up here. Okay. I can actually snowboard. Okay, good. I learned. I taught myself how to snowboard. So are we so, saying snowboarding? Snowboarding. snowboarding. Okay, yeah. okay, good deal. Fantastic. Hockey or football? Football. Um, Hockey's just a bunch of angry Canadians with angry Canadian figure skaters with sticks. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to protect you from all the Carolina Hurricanes fans that are out there here. This hey, my best friend's a Hurricanes fan. Okay. He's like, uh, you got you just got to watch it, man. I'm like, okay. So we're previous to the series starting. So is it going to be the Nuggets or is it going to be the Heat? Um, I don't watch the NBA, but, I mean, uh, the Heats, I don't know. Uh, my my parents are you – know, my dad's a big Miami everything fan. So okay. So I'll just go with that. So the Heat's hot. Yep, that's a good way to put it. I love it. Um, King James Version or English Standard Version? Isn't English Standard what you use? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Okay, we'll use that one. I've used the King James before, too. Yeah, that's where the blesseds and the these and the thou arts. Right, and the thouest and the lovest and all kind of stuff. Europe or Asia? Hmm. Asia has really good food, but... Europe has like, you know, ancient Rome and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna go. And with you're into Europe. that kind of history, right? Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Europe. Good deal. Awesome. North Pole or South Pole? North Pole or South Pole? Doesn't the South South Pole has the penguins? So we'll yeah. go with that one. Okay. North Pole has polar bears. I'll All kill right. you. Forget those. Yeah. I love it. I don't care. Uh, this is gonna. I don't care if my kids ever see a polar bear because I never saw a dinosaur. Yeah. We got to protect those penguins. That's right. I like Those it. Those are cool. Good deal. That's cool. Well, man, it's been so cool to talk to you and to learn about you and, and Kaylee and your steps you've taken with Christ and what an honor it is to have you in our church. And just thanks a lot for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, man. Thank you. Go right. 49ers. Go Niners. Go Niners. Niner Nation. We're coming for you, Tennessee. Look out. <laughs> Look out. By the time this airs, it's probably going to be over. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. Whatever. Even if they beat us, we're still coming for them. Oh, yeah, we're still coming for them. I love it. Good deal. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Step Podcast, Episode 12 with Nate Seedorf Nate and Nate Seedorf's Lucky Number Podcast, Number 12. We'll see you next time. Awesome.